I'm sorry. I get to, I get the honor of, of having my daughter help me a little bit tonight. Some of the things that the Lord gave her last night. So, um, just encourage her. Come on. Come here, baby. Josiah's next. <laughs> so, last night during worship at Awaken the Dawn, um, I was brought into a vision or a picture. And I saw, it almost looked like a bag of popcorn. And I went inside of the bag and it was sealed up and then it was put inside of a microwave. And I looked at the time on there and it said two minutes and nine seconds. And then I felt like God was saying Second Samuel chapter nine. So I didn't look this up until afterwards. And then right after I saw the microwave with the time on it, I saw a picture of a table and then I saw a plate being put down, a fork, a spoon, a knife, and a drink. And then when I looked up 2 Samuel chapter 9, basically explained everything that I saw. And he's going to tell you about that. I already, I already have one. I have okay. one. <laughs> I did that last time. I wanted to take it. See, I'm trained good. But I, if you look at 2 Samuel 9, it's talking about Mephibosheth. See, I almost messed it up. And actually, it was talked about during the day session during... Uh, yesterday, some of the prayer and stuff. But I just want to focus on one thing, the table. Because the Lord sets in front of us a table, doesn't he? In the presence of our enemies, this is so biblical, it's ridiculous. So what happened was Mephibosheth was, a, was, a, was one of the relatives of what? Jonathan, who was David's be best friend, right? And he was searching. He said, find someone from Jonathan's house that we can honor, that I can take care of. And, and, and this is what, what his declaration was, his edict was, was we need to find someone from Saul's house that I can release favor and honor on. Right? And this is so good because there's something about, something's about to pop. And I received a word from a lady who's prophesied and spoken to my destiny for, for um, man, all of us did, or two of us did last night. I mean, she was attached to my wife for 20 minutes just prophesying and praying and just she, the words that, that rung in my spirit was get ready because things that have been spoken will all of a sudden come to pass and don't let it be at your surprise. He's fine. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you because you're about to birth something, something's about to pop and break forth and I already know because last night I stood in destiny. I'm going to share a little bit about that tonight, rehearse some of it. Because how many weren't there last night? Half? Yeah, about half of us, right? And so I, I just, I, but there's, there's certain things. And so Mephibosheth, it says this, verse 7, right? He's looking for someone to show kindness to. In verse 7 he says, do not fear. He finds Mephibosheth and he's fearing for his life. He thinks he's going to be taken out because he's part of the house of Saul. And he's been hiding in a place called Lodibar. Right? It's basically a slum. He's been hiding in a slum trying to hide from the king because he thinks his life's in danger. But no, God looks for us and says, even in the circumstances, I'm pulling you out of a, out of a place of, of darkness. I'm pulling you out of a place of hiding and I'm going to set you at the king's table. And so this is where we all need to understand that God, when he finds us, he pulls us up out of places where we feel like we don't deserve to sit at his table. But God's pulling us closer, and he's looking, he's searching you out. Do you know that? 
Because David's a type of Christ, right? You know that. He's a type of Christ, and he's searching us out to find us and to pull us into our purpose and our rightful place. And I want to exhort you tonight that the, that the Lord is looking for every one of you because I think this is something corporate. I think the Lord is trying to bring something corporate to us, that the Lord is releasing things that he wants you to step into that he's called you to way back, and there's no need to hide from it anymore. All right? And the, and the power is in this, right? It says this, do not fear, verse 7, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and I will restore to you, ready, all the land of Saul, your grandfather. I'll restore all the kingdom that your, your father had, even though he did wrong in the sight of the Lord, and God took his life. I'm going to give that mercy, right? God releases mercy on us. He releases an inheritance, even though the prior generation might have screwed it up, and we're going to get into that in a minute. And I'll restore all the land to you, and you shall eat bread of my table continually. You'll eat the bread of my table continually, right? And I just want you to look at that. Verse 11 says this, Ziba said to the king, according to all that the Lord your king has commanded his servant, so I'll do to your servant as Mephibosheth, as for Mephibosheth, said, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. And so it is no joke that you're called a royal priesthood, a holy generation, that you've been set apart to do something higher than you're sitting in right now. And just in that, like you're sitting at the king's table, and when you're si and someone's looking, saying, "I don't feel like that right now," but I'm telling you, God's purpose on your life has called you into a closer place, a closer relationship with the king, so that you sit at his table. And I can tell you this: that's funny, man. I was sitting here thinking to myself, I had a vision. A long time ago, it was actually, I was in an encounter with someone else, and we, we saw the same thing in the same room, and we were in prayer together. And the Lord had brought us before a table, and he had set scrolls before us, and he had set a table before us. And on that table was plans, diagrams, all the things that God was about to release and build. It's God's plan that we want, don't we? We need the architect to sit at the table with us and give us what he's going to give, right? And we were, when we receive that, something it's going to be easy because we have the wisdom, we have the download from heaven. And I don't, you know, as, as she told me that this morning, I was sitting here this afternoon and I thought about, wow, God, you already you spoke that to me and that was another. That was probably seven years ago. It was a while ago. And what I'm watching is God culminating all the things that he's spoken to me, right? Not that it's about me, but it's about things that he's spoken to me that we're about to release and step into. Because you're, right, you're in this body. You're, if you're visiting this body, you just take this tonight, really. If you're just visiting, take it, receive it. But you want to step into something greater. Because there's so many prophetic signs right now. I'm, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm going to die and go to heaven. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's probably be a good thing. God finally killed me. No, for in a good way, 
right? Not that I lose my life here, my breath here, but he finally kills me to just give up to what his plan is, right? And so you're here not by accident tonight. You're here with a purpose and a destiny. It's not, God always is looking for you to have an ear to hear. And so tonight, that's why I prayed for unity, that we'd have unity to hear things that the Lord is wanting to bring an outpouring, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm like fixed on revival and awakening. That's just my heart. I feel like God wants to blow something into absolutely a supernatural lifestyle for all of us that we live out of a place where the government of God visits a nation. Let's just say a nation. Can we just believe for America? Right? I believe for, for New England, but can we believe for our, our homes, our cities, right? And it's just going to expand because when it says that when Daniel saw the kingdom coming, it rolled and it rolled and it was a stone that became as big as the earth. It was ever increasing and the glory is always ever increasing if we allow him to come to us and we allow his seed that he's going to put into us to increase and grow. How many have received God's seed in their life? How many have just said yes to Jesus? If you've said yes to Jesus, then God implants a seed. It's the implanted word in your life. And it begins to grow. And it begins to increase. Because what God plants <laughs> has to bear fruit. And so in all these things, I'm excited because God's about to do something phenomenal. We're already in it. As far as I'm concerned, yesterday was the clock. And it just started. So I went back to a site that I, I visited uh, two weeks ago. And I'm just going to get into to, to a little bit of this tonight. I, I'm going to rehearse. For those who were with us last night, I'm going to rehearse a few things. But it's going to come out a little different. Okay? Is that okay? Because the glory of God is wanting to release awakening and declaration over your life. So we went and visited a site last week, two weeks ago, the 16th, and it was where George Whitfield preached his last sermon. How many think that might be strategic? He's the father, it says that he's the father of awakening in America. You know, we've had other awakenings, but he was the father of the great awakening in America, and he's the spiritual dad of the entire country. And so he spoke his last words September 29th. That was yesterday. And I, I don't know, when I saw this site two weeks ago, it gripped my heart. It gripped my heart with fear. It gripped my heart with trembling. And here's what I have to say to you tonight, that we have a purpose for destiny. Because what we got to release last night at Awaken the Dawn was powerful but I want everyone in this room, because it has to start at my house. <laughs> you're part of my house. It has to start with my family and my home, but you're all family and home in here. Some of those people that were there last night, and some of them are in here tonight, they weren't part of this ecosystem, right? But I need to release this here tonight because you need to, you need to see what's about to happen, right? Because God's about to pour out something. It's already in the works, right? We're already in outpouring. I believe if, if we look at things, and I'm just going to read, I will read the end time prophecy of Paul came tonight. Because we were singing, there's an army rising up. And there's something that God wants to do that's militant. <laughs> right? It's militant because it changes culture. 
and we go in and we occupy, and the Lord comes, and if you think that certain religions in this country are not militant, you're in, you're in grave, grave deception. And it's usually not Christianity. Right? So the Holy Spirit is wanting us to grab hold of this. And I, I, actually, I want you to go to, I'm going to read this. So here's what happened. I went into this place last, last week, the Audi Theater. And I can tell you I dreamt about that place 10 years ago. What do you mean? I'm telling you I was in a dream 10 years ago, and I was in that place. I was seated in, in the midsection on the, on the right-hand side, and I was looking at the stage, and the glory of God was emanating from that place. This is, not, this is no joke. I'm telling you, this is, we are in prophetic history. I am convinced. I don't need another thing to tell me anything. I don't need another word. If I can walk this out, if we can walk this out together, it's going to be crazy good. Like the whole earth will be filled with his glory. If we just do it, if we just grab it, and I'm telling you so that, because I was in that place and I dreamt that place 10 years ago, 2008, right after that dream, one of the evangelists that was in that dream with me, sitting in those seats, looking at the glory of God, there was, a, there was an outpouring. It happened right after that. Coincidence? No. And there was another evangelist by the name of William Branham behind me, 1948. He was the father of the, the healing movement, about the latter rain healing movement. And what, here's what I got from that. Now, I'm going to give you some different things because here's what happened. In that movement, there was tents all over America. They held thousands. And when George Whitfield was speaking in the 1700s, because it, when his voice was quieted, when, his, when the breath came out of him, in 1770, there was no one to give the torch to. He didn't raise up disciples, apparently. But because if, it, if he had, it would still be going. And if we don't raise up, if we don't have a Joshua for the next generation, if we don't have a Peter, James, and John for the next generation, come on, somebody, nothing's going to expand. The kingdom is, to, is supposed to go from generation to generation. And if the glory of the Lord is increasing, we need to grab hold of it. So what happened was, as we're sitting there, I hear the man, William Brandon, telling us, that's the glory of God. It's unfolding on the earth right now. And so he, he's a picture. Both of these men were pictures of mass evangelism, signs, wonders, and miracles that not only brought Christians to healing and miracles, but brought a harvest with them. I'm glad this is my second time doing this because I'm, you're going to get a better version of it. And so the glory of God was in that place and when I ever went up there, when we prayed on Monday, I almost, I almost died. Back to death again. I thought I saw a ghost. Ha! It was the Holy Ghost. Right? And so what's happening now is I'm saying to myself, what is up? And what is about to happen? And so last night as we released, right, the power of heaven... It was powerful. I don't know. It was powerful on my part. I don't know who got anything. I know there was some people that said that they had they received torches in their hands, and one said he received a sword, which lines up with something else Tori had already seen.
And so there's something happening. And you need, all I'm saying is get ready because I want this. I want this badly. I want the Lord to come in however he needs to come so that when we engage with him, so I want you to turn to Acts chapter 12 and I'll finish the last testimony of what I have. But I want you to see, right, Peter gets locked up because there's an apostolic ministry. Here's what's happening. <laughs> we, have the, we have the English version going right now. We have a lot of talking out there tonight, a lot of audio. The Holy Spirit wants us to see something in Acts chapter 12. I'm not even there and I'm talking. Acts chapter 12, right? Peter's arrested. This is not the first time. This is not his first rodeo at being imprisoned. And probably he thought he was going to be killed because I think he was, he was at that point. I didn't read through the whole, whole chapter, but I know this, that he was probably in a position where his life was about to be taken. He was about to be executed. And he's locked up. Why? For preaching the gospel. And so what happens is he gets locked up and he's laying there and he's like, at perfect peace. Who sleeps in prison? And if you probably saw a Roman prison, you wouldn't sleep there at all. It's not like the good, you know, like the good penitentiaries we have here in America. <laughs> I'm serious. You know? And so we've got Peter, he's locked up. And any imprisonment is not good, right? But here we see this picture of the apostolic ministry. He's the father, right? He's the one that spoke the first sermon on the first revival that hit the earth. Well, I thought it was Jesus. No, it was Peter, because Jesus is gone now, and there's hopelessness, and Jesus began a movement, and he gave him his spirit, and now he begins to preach. And 5,000 are saved. Or 3,000 are saved. 5,000 in the next one, right? That's 8,000 just counting the men. And so what do I see? I'm, I'm looking at something that mirrors what Whitfield brought to America. Because he used to go into fields because they wouldn't let him in a church. Because they didn't agree with some of his doctrine that faith was by but because our, our salvation was by faith and not by works. No, they thought we had to do everything. We had to work harder. We had to work for God's love. And he's like, I'd rather try to climb to the moon on, the, on, the, on a line of sand than try and do works to get God's favor. And so here we are. We actually live in that generation now. Where the Spirit of God is saying to us, it's not by works that any man should boast. But he wants us to be good stewards with what he gives to us. And I, I totally believe he's an apostolic father that gives us a picture of what's about to happen in these days. Because he's a picture of, of an awakened ministry. He was put in prison. And he's in lockdown. And what, what God does is sends what? Angels. Oh. And it's funny, because last night I'm sharing all kinds of prophetic crazy stories, and I don't even know the crowd. I'm just going for it. And some dude comes to me after, and he probably won't be watching this, but he says to me, you had a lot of guts. 
thank you. I don't know whether to take that as a compliment. I don't care. I feel good today. Right? You have a lot of guts. And someone else said, well, that was interesting. <laughs> and I laugh because, you know what, I don't really care. I know, I'm a minister, I should care. But I don't care when it comes to if people are going to question where the source of God's prophetic history comes in my life. Right? Because God doesn't write your history through me. God writes your history through him. And so let's start with this. Let's not judge one another how God speaks to one another. Right? And I'm just saying that's just, I wasn't even going to go there. But I believe this, that God brought Peter as a picture for us. And you see that the angels came to awaken them. I mean, this dude was sleeping in prison. And it could have been his last meal. Right? And he's sitting there and he's about to be snuffed out. But God brings a, an angel to kick him. The, the word actually says that he strikes him on the head. strikes him on the head, right? And the Lord is looking to wake us up a little. Don't you believe that? He wants to wake us up. And so when he's awakened, it says that the gates open. And this is the other word that I received. It's the time is now when God's, right, Isaiah 22, 22, that I will open a door. I'll open the gate that no man can shut. That I'll set you are on a, a peg, a strong place, so that you can take the weight of whatever's on you and move it. But he's going to open doors. He wants to open doors. And I'm looking, and you should be looking for the open gate because he said the same thing happened to Peter. The angel came and walked him out of prison. He didn't walk him. He walked him through three tears of gates. And the Spirit of God wants to uncage us from our thinking. I think it's about our heads. He wants to, un he wants to move us from the way I we think about ourselves, about what's about to happen, about what God looks like when he pours out his Spirit on the earth. And I'm telling you tonight that he wants to break something off of all of us, but he's going to give us something greater. Right? We release, we release our thinking. I always say this, but I think it's the main thing. Because what happens is we'll go into a, to something that is prophetically happening and then we leave questioning it. I'll just walk away and tomorrow I'll be saying, wait a minute. No, God is not a man that he should lie. When God speaks something to you, it must come to pass. And so I look at God and what he's doing prophetically. That place, I was born to go speak in that place. Even if it was just for that night, that was a point of destiny and a convergence on what God wants to do and what he wants to open up in the region. I know it's about the region. It was at the Capitol building after declaring things over the government. Right? Really, it would, and again, it's not, about, it's not about miles. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus 
looking for someone. He's looking for someone. He's looking for someone who'll grab a hold of it and run. And that won't be afraid when all of a sudden we feel persecution, right? To remind me tomorrow, Becca, when persecution comes, because it will come. When revival, when, when God begins to move, when his spirit begins to ch be challenged by the outer things, right? By principalities, powers, accusation, and all the criticism. If you look at anyone that's doing amazing things in the kingdom, you go Google them. Oh man, You'll be, you might be convinced that they're, they're from hell. No, I, I promise you. And so, <laughs> I almost said bring it. Bring it. I don't know. I don't really, I don't love being criticized, but here we go. I'm, I'm not going to be afraid because you're going to see right here. If you're afraid of a religious spirit, if you're afraid of a political spirit, So God wants us to be in a place where we are secure, and right? And so things are happening, and it's like he's in a dream. Sounds like my, what I just dealt with, right? God's moving us into things. He's moving us in and out of things. God has a prophetic vision for you that he wants you to walk out. He's got a, a document with your name on it, and you need to see the scroll tonight. You need to see that there's fire on the scroll, that it is written in his blood and the, and the fire of heaven. Itch that thing. He's got a mission. I only read one thing. Am I going to make this legal or what? It says, verse 10, when they passed the first and second guard post, they came to the iron, iron gate that leads to the city which opened to them on his own accord, on its own accord. So the door to the city was opened up. What? After an encounter. After being persecuted, after being thrown in jail, he has an encounter with heaven. And you need an encounter with heaven. Do I say that every week? Yes. You need to encounter Jesus for real. Not in religion, not in, not in just going through the motions. You need to encounter Jesus in the Word. You need to encounter the living Word coming inside of you and breaking up anything that causes doubt and unbelief. So that the life of God can flow freely. So I love this, because back in verse 7 it says, the chains fell off his hands. And God's looking for us to walk with complete freedom, no fetters, no fetters. Nothing from this world will bind you. Nothing. And then it says this. Verse 11. And then Peter had come to himself. <laughs> Peter had come to himself. And said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent an angel and that he delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. There it is right there. 
you see it? Do you see it? Herod is a picture of what? Government. Herod's a picture of politics. And from all the expectations of the Jewish people, it was a religious and political spirit that put him in prison. And I'm telling everyone in this place, listen, this is the main thing that we will, you and I, I'm telling you, you will fight against if you're doing anything for Jesus. I promise you, it's politics and, and religion. Yeah, we're here organized. We have a body. We have a church body. But if you, if you break out, right, God wants to break us out and move us beyond that. So at, right at that point, he ran to, to Mary's house, and they were praying for him. But what did they think? They thought that he was an angel. Why would they think that? That's because I think they were more influenced. <laughs> Can I say that? Here's the thing I'm going to share tonight to close. I'm going to share this prophecy, but God, I'm going to say this. God likes visiting your house. You hearing me? likes visiting my house and I don't want him to leave. I said to my wife, I go, what happens when we move from this place? <laughs> it's like the last time. I said, do I, do I take my office with me? It's like where God shows up. And in the bedroom, because we've got a pretty good sized bedroom and I got a good place to sit down and just chill with Jesus, he shows up and does crazy things that I shouldn't speak of half the time. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Do you understand when God comes live and in color into your room? He wants to do that. And I'm encouraging everyone in this place, make a place where God comes to your house and you honor him and he shows up and you have covenant with him. You already have covenant with him because you're saved, but you have covenant. You have, you've set a table before him. Because this is what this is all culminating to. He's setting a table. He's setting a table of favor in front of us. Because the king wants you to come to the table. But we kind of resist. And I don't have time now, God. God, I just want to, I, I, I'd rather check Instagram. I'd rather be on Facebook. I'd rather do something else other than engage with heaven. And there's so many things. I know we all have responsibilities, but we got to find a place where we can hide in the secret place. Because again, I know this, that when God begins to speak to you in the secret place, he begins to move you into places you never thought you'd be. It's happening. Right? So I'm going to read this end time vision because I think I think we need to we need to see this. That this is what this is what this man had over a hundred times. His name's Paul Kane. He came out of that movement of the man I told you, William Branham. He, he was like alongside all these guys. He's 89 years old now, and he still gets the same vision. It's a reoccurring vision. He's had it hundreds of times. 
So it's a vision of the last days when sports stadiums all over the United States are filled with thousands of people. In this vision, people were being healed and miracles were happening to thousands in the name of Jesus Christ. People are, t people are turning to the Lord in droves and the whole nation was in revival. It seemed the whole earth was turning to Christ. Television news reporters were broadcasting stories of resurrections and miracle healings. None of the secular reporters could get near the men on the platform. They didn't know who, they, who the men were, and that's a good thing. Paul described them as almost a faceless men. So he saw this vision, but no one had faces. It wasn't like this one's going to do it, that one's going to do it, this one's going to do it. Because you know what? I'm really, I, it's more politics. Oh, if I just get that one to lay hands on me or prophesy over me, I'm going to be okay. No, it's not true. I've only been in green rooms a couple times and I'm not impressed. You know what the green room is? That's the back room where they all hang out. I'm not impressed. They're just men. They're just men. I'm just a man. You're just a man and a woman. Come on. And God uses everyone. So here's a TV anchorman saying, there's no sports events to report tonight because all the stadiums and ball parts parks and arenas are being used for large revival meetings and people are crying out to the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus is Lord. Let it be, Lord Jesus. And in these visions, Paul, Paul saw these men minister for three days and three nights without food, water, or changing of clothes. Supernatural strength enabled them to continue for these long periods. And in, in, in the vision, Paul was standing at a crossroads of life and he sees a billboard saying, Joel's army now in training. People are being trained to walk in obedience to Jesus. That's the key word right there. People are being trained to walk in obedience. To, if we would just obey what God says, the, the world would be in revival. Uh, period. They have learned patience and endurance. Can I say to the millennials, I'm going to say it, not all of you, but some of you, and if they're watching, endurance is key. It all just doesn't come. It all just doesn't fall in your lap. Sometimes you got, with faith and patience, we, we enter into the promise. And so I'm, and I'm saying this, and, and I don't think anyone in this room, honestly, but I just declare this over everybody in this place. I, I know, I pointed out the millennials. Because it is, it's, it's, it's pertinent in the millennial generation. Because they think they don't have to do nothing for anything. It just falls from heaven. And I'm not saying that, that the Lord is, is not giving gifts. He's giving things. He's releasing things. But we have to steward those things. And when we go through hard times, Jesus is there to push you through. Or you're going to surround your people with yourself with people that are going to pull you through and push you through, right? Because <laughs> sometimes we need to be encouraged by the brethren, okay? So here, here's what happens. God's coming, and he's looking for people who are, don't want to be noticed, 
who don't want the platform, who don't want the pulpit. Because there's an eagerness to get up here. And I'm not saying if you're called here, you don't come here. What I'm saying is, the eagerness, God wants to test your heart. Personally, I never wanted it. You can ask my wife. I'd rather not have it. Let someone else do it. Probably why he just does weird things to me. <sighs> Thank you, Father. We ask for more. And that's what, it, you know, and after all these things were happening, right, I'm like, God, don't let me ever, just don't let me ever apologize for one more thing. I don't ever apologize for what God speaks. I just ask for the wisdom to know when to speak it and the timing of when to speak it. And sometimes I should shut my mouth and not tell anyone about it because it's me and Jesus. And I just have to believe God that he's going to bring it to pass, right? So when God speaks, so people train and obey, I can't even get through this, see? Having the power of God, right? People that have learned patience and endurance have the power of God and having done all, they know to stand against the enemy. Because what happens when we begin to be attacked? What happens when hardship begins to come? What happens when you begin to have to break through some things in your life? God's saying you need to break through. When God, when things are coming to attack you and attack your marriage and do whatever that, you know, to try and discourage you, the enemy's there yakking. I'm telling you, break that. Break it in the power, in the name of Jesus tonight. That you don't listen to those, the, the nagging of the enemy, that you shut his mouth because he is not Lord, Jesus is Lord. They will have the mind of Christ. Say amen and just grab it. I need that, Jesus. I want the mind of Christ. They have the mind of Christ, Paul said, and they, they are partakers of the heavenly calling, and they'll be a new breed. God's dread champions, those ministries who will be filled with such passion for Jesus and power of the Spirit that the hosts of darkness will be dread, will be dread, will dread their impact. What does that mean? They're going to flee. Because you're a dread champion. And you've been called. And nothing in hell, right? Jesus said, I give you the keys. I give you the keys of the kingdom. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed. Paul said in the midst of the Laodicean age and the lethargy and apathy that God was preparing in hiddenness an army to pull down enemy strongholds and go forth in the power of God and they'd have pure undefiled religion. <laughs> How many want purity? I want the pure deal. Listen, you get pure Holy Spirit moving through your life. I'm telling you, look out. You can pull down anything. God will move you into places and it'll wreck darkness, right? It'll wreck cancers, it'll wreck paralytics, it'll wreck it. It'll wreck people who don't believe. It'll either cause them to run and gnash their teeth or it'll cause them to come to Christ saying, what must I do to be saved? He's going to do this with people that strip themselves and separated themselves from the world, the flesh and the devil. 
And they'll realize that, it, that the end time is here and that the things are in a, in a mess and the things at the end of time are different. That they, just as it was requi required total sacrifice on the part of the disciples to begin this thing, it will require equal commitment for us to complete the task of the end times. And I'll just leave it there. I'm telling you, don't be afraid. I'm telling you to just get ready. I'm telling you to really purify yourself. Tori, will you, will you help me? I get to say that tonight. And I'm just going to go back to the last thing that, that the Lord gave me a couple, couple days ago. And I probably didn't describe it well and I didn't do it on her. But when I had this, I was in the room praying for what was supposed to happen last night. Yeah, if you can just knock her down a little. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, just as I was praying, I'm saying, God, because I had this moment, because I walked into the state house and I was like in awe. I was afraid. I'm like, God, this is my, this is like, this is my moment. Like, I'm either going to mess up or I'm going to blow it <laughs> or I'm really going to do well. Come on. And it wasn't about performance. It was about, God, I need to release what you gave me. And so how do I even do that? And so all these prophetic pictures, right? We, we took a little walk. We found the place where, where, where Whitfield preached his last sermon, and it was the day I was supposed to give that message, 248 years later. By chance, I think not. Because God wanted to open up something. He wanted to open up a gate. And it's open. It is open. It was open last night, and I went back there today to say, yes, God, it's a new day. <laughs> and I said, I receive everything that you want to do. And maybe I'm not going to be as articulate <laughs> as George Whitfield because he was quite an actor, I guess. <laughs> but I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll go wherever you send me. I'm just not going to say no. I'm just going to be obedient. And I want that to be in your hearts tonight because you have to receive that. Because he showed up in my room and I said, God, how do you want to do this? What does it look like? And then lightning happened. I don't need lightning as a sign. Right? I don't need lightning as a sign. But for whatever reason, God likes to mess with me in lightning storms. I don't know why. He just did it twice. One time I met the Holy Spirit, the person... And then this time, I'm sitting there waiting on the Lord, and he opens, he turns the lamp on in the window. Yeah, those little lights, you know, the candle lights that are all over my house. But here's the deal. It wasn't like a little lamp. It was a burning, shining lamp. And what I didn't say last night that I'm going to say tonight is that America was called to be a burning, shining lamp for missions to release people, to go into the nations. And now they're sending missionaries to America because we need to get saved. Why? Because the church won't let the lampstand burn. And I'm telling you and I'm declaring to, to you tonight that God came to me with a lampstand to give to you. And if you took it last night, you took it. Take it again. But I'm telling you, it's no joke.
It's the fear of the Lord on my life now. I, I, don't, I don't think for one moment that it was all by circumstance or coincidence. God does things, and apparently with me, he likes to do these things, so I'm just going to say do it. Because some of the best guys I know that have the heart of a, of, they're amazing, and they have God speaks to them like volumes, and God does this all the time to them, and it's starting to increase, guys. So be aware. My, my message to you tonight is to be aware, but take the lamp, take the fire of God. It wasn't a mistake that we kept walking by this monument that had the eternal flame next to it. I am like, what is going on in this place? So God has a torch for you tonight. And I kind of want to just lay hands on everyone tonight. I don't know. I get like that every now and then. But I think it's something that I have to impart to you, to give to you. Because I'm telling you, when I was watching, I'm like praying, and I hear the rain and the wind and things going, and this thing started in the window, this little lamp, little light, and it wasn't on, guys. It just wasn't on. It's not on. And it wasn't like I had a vision. My eyes were open. And the torch of God was ablaze in my room. And he says, I give this torch to you to give away. So I didn't articulate this probably as good last night. But tonight, you're going to get it. <laughs> you're going to get it if you want it. Because I knew last night, there'll be some that take it, some that come to me, good, gutsy message, brother. Yeah. Listen, I don't want God to go by the church. I don't want him to go by me. Never mind the church. I don't want him to go by me with a lant lantern and a, and a fire and a torch, and I don't grab it. <laughs> you, you gotta grab it. You have to take it. You have to take it. If you don't, you're a fool. So come on, let's stand together. And I'm releasing the same thing. I don't know if this... Girls, you want to, girls want to help? I don't know. You don't have to. Singing me. So if you didn't get it last night, you get a second chance. I'm just going to ask you. to come and grab it, that's all. Like that, Everyone had to be in their seats last time. There's no place to even minister in that place last time. I'm like trying to get through chairs. I can't even do nothing. My body's on fire. Now tonight I don't have so much fire I feel on me, but we're just going to release it by faith, right? And so it's just not another feel good me. God has something he wants to release to you. Right? It's good. It's good when the fire of God comes. It's the oil of purification. This is good. Here's some. <sighs> All right. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for what you already did. 
We're just going to step into it as a corporate body tonight. We don't miss it. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness in speaking. I thank you for your love over everyone in this place. I thank you for everyone being a burning, shining lamp. And so we just thank you for the purification process. I thank you that we're receiving something amazing from you tonight. And I thank you that I get to do it here at home. <laughs> so I just ask, Lord, that you just have people, Lord, just close your eyes and put your hands up. I know I don't need to tell you everything to do, but I just feel like the Lord's saying, just open up, open up the gates. Open up the gates and receive. So, Father, I thank you are and what you're about to do and we just release we release the torch we release the generation behind us to just run with it and I thank you for the fire of heaven that's going to do something amazing right now thank you for the glory of God in Jesus name